Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. With Atlanta United having a bye week, we take a look back at what was a wild, wild weekend in MLS. Later on, we preview what is now a crucial matchup with the New England Revolution this weekend. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. You can now also find all our content on the Genico USA platform anywhere in the world on Amazon Fire TV, Roku, iOS, Google Play, and many other streaming platforms. It's been a long bye week for Atlanta United fans, but the rest of MLS had a barn burner. So first off, LAFC, they whooped DC United. They housed yeah. them. 4-0, I mean, yeah, and Rooney got sent off, and then... Ugly tackle. Absolute ugly. red. Like, yeah. absolute red. Good job, VAR, doing the VAR <laughs> thing and making him go to the showers. That exactly. was a shambles. Yeah, because Rooney, he does this often, I think, yes. too. I mean, I've seen him just do some shambolic tackling, tackling. Uh, Mostly in, with this it, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It pissed me off a lot yeah. when he did it, too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a great A shithauser. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, for sure. But uh, Carlos Vela, I mean, has just been, I don't know, he's roiding out, man. He's like, he looking is, like an woo. MVP candidate for uh, sure. I mean, yeah. right now, LAFC are the de facto best team in Major League they Soccer, mm -hmm. and they're kind of doing an Atlanta United in year mm -hmm. two, where they're saying, okay, we learned our lesson in a harsh first-round loss year one. Mm -hmm. Now they've gotten better. You know, they're more experienced. They understand the league good manager and now I think they're a team that's definitely going to be challenging for that MLS right. Cup but they're looking good and DC had been playing well and it was like man DC could do something and then LAFC just shows up in DC and they were just like nah fam y'all ain't ready for this it is a way so yes uh, I understand uh, you know it's it's a lot harder you know but uh for LAFC I mean Carlos Vela is doing his best Aryan Robin impression for sure why let him on his left yeah well, that's the thing. It's unstoppable. I mean, he he can you know he can chip it over you. He can rock it in. I mean, it's you he know. can bend it like crazy angles that make no yeah, sense. Yeah, it's just it's uh yeah. I mean, he's doing some crazy things on that right side. But um yeah, let's move on to Orlando City with uh, a four three win over or uh, over Colorado. Wild. And uh, there was this confrontation between Nani and Kellen Acosta that. Uh, Kind of made our boy Jay Riddle uh, kind of a little bit viral for a minute, but uh, yeah, the little bit of headbutt that was not punished on Nani. Nani kind of lost his mind there, and I, I have no idea. And I, I love Nani he, from, from his days at Man United, but what was going on, and how did he stay on? Like yeah, that. Also, he he scored a headed goal, which was just weird to see. Oh, I true. didn't realize he could do that. Yeah, but I guess you know he's he's pretty built now in terms of uh, yeah. you know his size. So he's know. made a difference for Orlando, which sure. is a good thing for them. I mean, they have yeah. a player who can draw people to the stadium. Although uh -huh. he did have a comment after the game where he talked about how he's played in so many different stadiums, but the atmosphere at Orlando City's was the best he's ever played in, and it's just like, okay. Uh, really beating old track. Okay, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of Nani, how he stayed on again, uh, that headbutt, I mean, you know, whether you land that or not, that motion. Not good. I mean, that's. Not good. Yeah, you get sent off for that stuff. I mean, it's. Uh, but it was a great game. There were some crazy yeah. goals. I mm -hmm. mean, Orlando's gotten off to a decent start this season. They've done right. that before. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they can keep it up and keep it going, that's, that's something mm -hmm. that we'll see. But, you know, Nani has proved so far to be a decent signing for them. He's yep. been important. They're scoring goals, which is a good thing. That's how you can keep the fans entertained. Right. But they're also shipping a lot of them as well. Yep. So if they can get some things figured out, they might have a chance of being a playoff team this year because the mm -hmm. East, 
as we will talk about in the next game, makes no sense. And that's because New York Red Bulls yeah. lost 2-1 at home to Minnesota. Yeah. There was no one at this game, by the way. There oh, was yeah. no one there as to even see the poor play that happened. But Red Bulls, they're not doing too hot themselves. Yeah, they're uh, they're in some shambles as well and are down in ninth in the, uh, the table. And it's not looking good for a lot of the playoff teams from last year. Uh, but yeah, Red Bulls, I mean, Minnesota United, they are They're playing well. Yeah, they they uh, they have a much better team than uh, you know what has been previously. But yeah, I mean you know you can't lose at home. That's that's uh, that's just there's something going on uh, in terms of maybe just uh, you know coaching wise they're just not on the same page. Uh, maybe still trying to Chris Armbrust maybe still trying to do uh, a little bit more possession than they're used to, and yeah, big losses in terms of you know uh, yeah Adams and. You know, uh, just that's that's massive. That's a you know that's a player that is in the middle of the park that pretty much runs their middle of the uh, the midfield. So yeah. I mean, that's two big players out of your two big teams in the East, and both are yeah. struggling. I mean, because they're on four points out of five matches. They only have two more points than Atlanta United have. And on the other side, you yeah. have Portland Timbers, who lost three 0 to San Jose. Who San arguably, Jose, who arguably are the worst yeah. team in the league. Yeah, but uh, at least on paper, maybe. Uh, even though Almeida uh, has you know come in and hopes to bring them into uh, previous glory, but Portland uh, is the worst team in the oh, yes. West, that's for sure, and uh, at least in the in the table. But uh, yeah, I mean you have basically the two finalists in the MLS Cup were dwelling the bottom. I mean that's just MLS gonna MLS. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it kind of tells you like what's gonna you know. What's going to happen in MLS in terms of, um, you know, how the, the scope of things, like how it can change so quickly over just a three-month period? And, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's a lack of the, the rest, lack of the, um, you know, you know, it's a lot of fatigue maybe and not really being able to have a break and getting refreshed. Um, yeah. Squad depth, you don't squad have big depth. squads yeah. and this is something that, you know, that discussion of the salary cap and, and yeah. how that affects teams and how you want MLS teams to compete mm -hmm. on a continental stage because you also saw last week Sporting Kansas City getting absolutely thwacked yeah. by Monterey. They lost 5-0 and if you thought Atlanta had performed badly in Monterey, well, we have some worse watching for you. I mean, sure. Sporting Kansas City were not good at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they have definitely struggled with it and they're one of the best teams defensively, especially yeah. in the league. And I think it definitely gave you another another voice to say, hey, mm -hmm. if you want this to be different, if you want your teams to consistently be good, you have to change things. And how the league yeah. is set up right now to be have parity to yeah. a degree, mm -hmm. you can have this happen where your best can be poor and your yeah. the worst can be the best. And mm -hmm. I think you're kind of seeing some wackiness right now. Usually the cream does rise to the top, but it, as long as you have this salary structure in place where everything is restricted and you have your TAMs, GAMs, and DPs and everything, you're going to be competing at a disadvantage mm -hmm. against continental sides, but you're also not going to be able to consistently say, we're always going to be good. Yeah. Even teams like LA Galaxy, who five MLS Cups missed the playoffs with the Zlatan last year. Yeah. So it can happen in MLS. Although, I mean, it was a different scenario for LA Galaxy, but, uh, you know, still, it's a, uh, you know... They have a lack of defense uh, yes. for LA Galaxy as well. And I think uh, for Portland Timbers, a same and similar uh, situation. Yeah, they didn't really get to replenish that depth either. I mean, that lack of offseason also it means that you don't have uh, you know, that transfer window to really... 
uh, you know, do a ton of things, do a ton of scouting, maybe do the things that you like regularly need to do. And uh, hopefully MLS gets to, you know, maybe fix that. Although they are pushing it even further and closer, closer to the uh, beginning of the year. I don't know if that's the uh, the, the right solution here, but... Uh, I mean, I think it, it's a thing that, you know, in the Premier League, whether it's Man United or Chelsea or Arsenal or Tottenham, well, not Tottenham, they don't sign any players, but they did get a win against Man City today. Thanks, guys. Anyway, um, it's like mm. you can go out and sign four or five players if you need them, or if right. you need depth, you can just go out and sign players. Right. But you can't do that in MLS because, say, you know, there's a really good right back who's out of a out of a job in Europe, or he's maybe older, or he's a younger prospect. We can't just go and sign him because he's an international slot, and we can't fill out. And we're, yep. where if we want to get someone from within MLS, we have to trade them someone else. It's like well, we're not trying to get rid of a body, and you have Tam, but we can't trade Tam or Gam because we're trying to pay our players. So how do we get a right back? Well, we can't get a decent one because it's not possible, and that's kind of like crazy when you think about it because yeah. if you have an off-season strategy of where can we go and improve well we can't afford these because the salary doesn't let us and it makes you kind of focus on attack which is why you see so many attacking players that are good in mls but not necessarily squad players or solid defenses because yeah. you have to pick where you want to put your yeah. money in mls uh, it historically has been where the fullbacks you really just don't spend a ton of money on them uh and yeah i mean that's why you see some really op attacks uh, versus just kind of depleted uh, defense as well. In, and fullbacks recently so. have become a lot more important mm -hmm. as a team plays, right. especially in a Frank DeBoer type system where the whole team needs to function on the ball as a cohesive unit. Right. That's kind of been a thing since Guardiola where your whole team has to be good on the ball. And if you don't have fullbacks who can do that role, then you can't really play that system and you struggle to play there, but you can't really afford to get them either because you're within the structure. So there's definitely something that has to change at some point in time. There was a really good, they talked about on ESPN FC last week and usually that that's not, you know, it's usually not make, the best. Usually but, not the best viewing, but you yeah. know, Alejandro Moreno is making some really good points about where this league is, who it's trying to compare itself to, and if you want to get better, what you have to do. And, yeah. you know, it's still growing and it's getting there. And when you have ambitious teams like Atlanta United right. and LAFC, you might get there. But right yeah. now, this is the situation we find ourselves in yeah. wackiness. And Moreno does uh, often have good points about MLS because he has played in MLS with uh, the Columbus crew, notably as well. So five yeah. teams and one, I think, three MLS Cups. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think he knows something about the league. Yeah. He's uh he yeah definitely has experience for sure. But uh, let's uh, let's move on into the news, guys. And the yeah this is uh, the best news of the week I think uh, is that Jezebel Magazine has named Atlanta United the best sporting experience in Atlanta. And I think that's not a surprise at all. Probably, well, it was clearly voted on before the season started. Because <laughs> sure. in terms of best inter entertaining experience right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think the atmosphere as a whole, yeah, and absolutely. I still think the fan experience is still top-notch, miles beyond a lot of the other uh, sports in the city. Um, because, yeah, the atmosphere is unparalleled. The I stadium mean, is incredible. Exactly. So, yeah, it's not a surprise, at least. And you're me. not having to sell your kidney in the bathroom to pay for stuff like at Braves games. It's true. Exactly. And then the fan-friendly pricing as well is very, very good for, you know, just the, not even the casuals, but, yeah, the people that are frequenters. Like, if you have three games in one week and you're having to eat at the stadium, and you, yeah, at any other stadium, you're probably paying probably upwards of... 60 to 80 dollars for the entire experience on one match day 
Yeah, it's just uh, two dollars for a while, or a dollar fifty or whatever it is now. Not bad. Yeah, ain't bad, bad at all. Especially yeah, if you're you're want to uh, eat a little bit more inexpensively. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah, let's uh, move on to LGP talking about his new role at the back, where he's kind of more mentoring Miles Robinson uh, because yeah, I mean you know Parky has been left out at least once, uh, and I imagine that it might be happening a little bit more in the future. But uh, yeah, he had an interesting quote talking about, I'm trying to be more of a daddy. I'm trying to help him make good decisions. And that was the uh, the interpretation. I think he he might have actually said that in English because I think he uh, he is want to do that as well. But um, okay, you know, our team has a very interesting <laughs> fixation with fathers and yes. daddies and using that in maybe just a lost in translation. Maybe it's a South thing. American, it's a South thing. American thing. But Joseph last year yeah. now GP <laughs> with the whole daddy thing. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's know. good though. But uh, yeah, and uh, LGP also talked about the fans and understanding their frustrations. Uh, he said, "The only thing I could say to the fans is we understand the impatience. We really appreciate your support, and we need that support, especially in these difficult moments. That's when we need the support of the fans the most." Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, uh, the abuse or anything like that towards players is really unwarranted. We don't need to be doing that if you are. Um, but I think, yeah, on the whole, the, the fans understand and they are, yeah, doing their best in uh, galvanizing and making sure that the, you know, players and the team feel appreciated uh, for their efforts. You know, it's not always, we're not always going to be a winning club. Uh, that's the goal. That's the hope. I mean, uh, yes, the, the form right now is pretty shambolic, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think in terms of uh, what they're requesting, it's kind of a bare minimum as far as I'm concerned. Like, they, they uh, should expect that from us because I think we've proven that we have been that type of fan base, uh, you know, i.e., the New York Red Bulls loss, uh, you know, the inaugural game at Bobby Dodd. Yes, I mean, it was a different type of style, but we showed that, you know, even Yamil Asad coming to the um, the Golden Spike ceremony at the end, he was trepidatious at first, but then he quickly learned that, yeah, wow, like, these fans are different. Like, I think we need to continue to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. And I think that's something that, like you said, is happening a lot. In as long as we continue to back these guys, they deserve it. I mean, at the end of the day, this season's not been great, but they did just win a championship, so I kind of give them a lot of slack as far as the players are concerned in terms of them and playing. I'm going to support them because they put a star on our kit. And yeah. That's exactly. not forgotten this quickly, that's for certain. Exactly, yeah. And because, yeah, Atlanta was starved for championships, and, yeah, the fact that they did that for us is... Yes. You bring you bring Top a championship notch. to this city. I, from what I've from what I've gathered in the short time I've been here, that was really important, yes. and that in and of itself gets you a whole lot of leeway. Yeah, or at least it should. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, let's move on to PT Martinez getting married. Uh, I mean, it was like a very I think I think it was a courthouse wedding and very adorable. Uh, you know, I think their uh, daughter was holding the uh, the bouquet. Um, yeah, I mean, just congrats to PT Martinez. Uh, yes, I think he was injured, but you know, I think it was also conveniently that he was able to uh, go at that time uh, and you know get something. I think that was very important in his personal life done because uh, this might settle him finally. And uh, I mean, 
you know, hopefully he gets to bring his family over as well. And, you know, maybe some of that, uh, that kind of just what's really been uh, kind of bogging him down kind of is alleviated. It's to be fair, that's completely understandable as well. You've been playing for so long and, and the life of a professional soccer player is not easy as glamorous yeah. as it looks. Mm -hmm. There's so much time commitment and so much work they have to put so in. So much travel. And so much travel and yeah. to be without your family, especially if you have a young daughter and, and someone, a fiance or whatever, mm -hmm. to be away from them for that long mm -hmm. when you're settling in a new country and things aren't going great, I can totally understand that. Yep. So I'm happy for him. Hopefully everything can get moving now. He can get them all settled down. Right. And he can kick on and show Atlanta fans what he's really capable of. And right. I think from what we saw at River, it's a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I think, yeah, we all need to remember that these people are people yes. as well. And so, yeah, you know, like, basically, if you're a tourist uh, for four months, I mean... Would you feel comfortable? I mean, probably not as well. So yeah, I think this is a great thing for PT. But uh, yeah, so moving on to Ezekiel Barco talking about the training that Frank de has had over the past week in preparation for New England Revolution. Uh, he says, yeah, like we're calm. We're definitely uh, working hard in training to, uh, you know, to aim to win, of course. Uh, but, you know, the, you know, they're asking or they're doing what, all the coaches are asking of them uh, all week, but uh, you know they're working also on the tactics that DeBoer has brought on, and uh, the best way that they can do that is, yeah, really just apply it over the weekend, and uh, you know it's really just having to put forth their best effort in doing so. Uh, I think the more that the games come thicker and faster, I think bodes better because of the you know time that they've had in training now so that they can actually apply these because you know there's nothing worse i feel like even uh than you know fixture congestion than not having the games to even play what you're being uh drilled every single day sometimes even two a days i feel like uh, is what their uh the the hearsay is for them and so i mean you know that's it's tough to do when you don't have a game for uh for a while Absolutely, and I think this really eliminates one of the key excuses that some people have, well even myself, have kind of allowed DeBoer to make, which is he hasn't had time with his team to train or do the 11v11s to really figure out his tactics or the philosophy and have the time to employ that. Well now he's had that time. Yes. He's had two weeks. He's had, and to a degree, he's had almost a month because the team has played one match because of the international break before the Columbus game. So whoever was here had that time to train and learn and, and try to understand some things. So he's had time to prepare. Yeah. And we'll dig into that a lot more in our match preview later. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those excuses that now I don't think he'll be able to make anymore because mm -hmm. the players are talking about it. They've been training. They've been working at it. Now we have to see if they can go execute it in a game. Right, indeed, indeed. Uh, and also, Barco spoke about PT and... That, uh, that settling in and uh, they're really hoping that he can. They're talking to him every single day. And uh, yeah, they just really want him to get adapted as fast as possible. And I think we do as well. But hopefully, yeah, all the Argentine boys are, uh, you know, supporting PT. And, uh, you know, I think I saw Franco Escobar and PT uh, go out to a, I think, a coffee bar before uh, PT got married. So at least, yeah, they're, they're helping him out there, I think, uh, very key. I think very, very key in, uh, in getting him settled. But um, let's move on to an article about Darren Eels in Fast Company that was uh, really, really interesting. I think uh, some really great revelations. Uh, you should go check out that article when you have the chance. But uh, you found out that, uh, yeah, he loves a, uh, a fruity cocktail 
which is, uh, I mean, that's a surprise. Um, and he's an avid reader. Uh, his number one book was Crime and Punishment. Dostoevsky? Um, yeah, 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 you know, but, okay. uh, yeah. Well, and, no, uh, you do you, Darren. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that he uh, he often orders out uh, food and that he's not much of a cooker. Uh, that, yeah, the menu that he usually cooks for his kids usually consists of Eggos and Cheerios. I mean, that's... That's how my meal consists of. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, the life of a college student. I mean, you know, Darren Eels is just so relatable. I mean, that's just, uh, it's a beautiful thing. But, um, yeah, let's move on to... Uh, there's Atlanta United Night at Atlanta Braves' uh, SunTrust Park on April 17th. So that's cool. They're honoring our uh, MLS Cup trophy win, and uh, it should be a fun night. Uh, it you is a Wednesday. Some but... players out there. Joseph might throw out a pitch. He's on that right. before. So he has. Uh, him and Ender and Ciarte are pretty good buds with the whole yeah, Venezuelan connection and everything. Exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, it should be a fun time. I don't know if we'll be get, able to get out of that. I think it'd be yeah. a whole lot of fun. But for everyone yeah. that does go, absolutely put that stuff on social media. I want to see oh, yeah. how many people are up in the five stripes out at SunTrust Park. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe outnumbering the Braves fans. Yeah, knows? possibly. And especially on a Wednesday. And maybe Wednesday? even, uh, you know, chanting really, really loudly, even louder than... Uh, you know, maybe the tomahawk chop, ch tomahawk chop, but uh, yeah. I never did the tomahawk chop for this work. That's on principle. Modern Braves fan. Okay. Can't do it. Yeah, can't that's fair. That's fair for you. But oh, uh, transfer rumor. Wait, yes. Transfer rumor. Transfer rumor. First one of the season would it count? Was yeah, it within the, the season, season for sure. Yep. Uh, so Jake Hasty of Motherwell FC has been linked. Uh, that's of the Scottish Premiership. Uh, that's according the to the Glasgow uh, Evening Times. Uh, he's a Scotsman, and he's also attracted some interest from some other English clubs, but uh, it's a 20-year-old winger, six goals in 11 games. Uh, yeah, I mean, apparently was penned as the Miggy replacement. I don't know how much stock I put into that of, uh, you know, the article saying that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be interesting. So, a few things. One, <laughs> um, positions we need, not yeah. a winger. Yep. Um, international spot? Yeah, would be a little bit dicey. And if he is a sort of a transcendent talent that, you know, would require one, then great. But I don't know if he really is in that territory. And if he's that good, so, he's probably staying in the UK. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I, I don't put a lot of stock in this rumor, but it is the first rumor of the season proper. So... Uh, but yeah, uh, also guys, uh, we want to remind you that we need some help on our Facebook page because it has been unpublished for reasons unbeknownst to us, uh, like we said last week, but yes, uh, you know, we have it in the video description box below and please share it with all your friends below, uh, yeah, the link and the page and just, uh, let your friends know about us because yeah, we're, uh, trying to level up and we're really trying to get a lot of really, really dope content out to you guys and we need that reach uh back again but uh um, yeah but, so uh, we really really appreciate all the help oh, and yeah. all the engagement and everything that you guys do for us so we it means appreciate a lot it. but moving into atlanta two guys they had 90s night this past weekend uh, and they actually put out a really funny video where they were asking some of the younger guys about legendary. 90s questions which was amazing yeah. but somehow even though i'm not that old made me feel old because they didn't know the answers <laughs> to these questions that i knew and i was like Okay, this is weird, but a lot they, of teenagers. On yes, that a lot of teenagers on that team. They lost unfortunately two 0 to St. Louis. I think it's what St. Louis FC. Yep. Yes, and that's actually a team that has MLS hopes. They they they're trying to get a whole stadium deal right. figured out. They are a club that does aspire to join the top flight. But you had first team players such as Andrew Carlton, Romario Williams, 
Alec Khan, Can? Can. Can always mispronounce the name. Yeah, Alec Can, as well as Florentine Pogba. So right. whether or not we see them in the starting 11 for the first team anytime soon, who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, good to see those guys getting some minutes. Uh, also, yeah, Alec Can, who's kind of been relegated to uh, backup and, uh, you know, LNA two fodder. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think U.S. Open uh, Cup. He should absolutely yeah, get the Yeah, he should get some there. starts. The, yeah. whole, the whole competition. He should get the whole competition. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's move on to the mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. But first question comes from Michelle C. Bush. How is locker room morale right now with the season starting off the way it has? Uh, according to uh, Ezekiel Barco and others, yeah, I mean, it has been uh, just business as usual in that sense, but uh, who really knows that answer? We're not in the locker room, but, um, you know, I think uh, it seems like the players still have their heads on straight, that they're trying to right the ship, and uh, they're not letting this, you know, early season form knock them down. As they always say, you know, class is permanent and form is temporary, so... Uh, you know, I think their class is showing and hopefully it will prevail. And help rectify the form. And I think the thing that you can definitely see is this is still a locker room that from the outside is supporting the manager. You haven't had things leaking out like you would say under a Jose Mourinho type character where right. clearly the players are unhappy. They're still supporting and whether or not it fully bought in, we'll never know, but they are trying to get things going under DeBoer and that can only be a good sign. Hopefully, like you said, we can start seeing those results come in. All right. Next question comes from Merkaba19. Does PT getting married and reconnecting with his family free him to play better football? God, I hope so. Yeah, I think uh, that's really all of our hopes for sure. Because yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he hasn't had, uh, he he hasn't set the league on fire. That's for sure. But uh, you know, I think there's been glimpses. There's uh, you know, you can see what he can do and what he's trying to do. It's just about connecting with his teammates and really getting to that point where, yeah, I mean, he really can pop off and show just, you know, everything that he's got in the locker. Stuff that Vela does, he can do all of that. I agree, I agree. <laughs> he I, can definitely do all yeah, of that. Yeah, I think uh, if you let him cut in from the right side a little bit more maybe, and you know, I think they, it's that PT and Barco all like to, they both like to operate in the middle a lot. If you look at their heat maps, it's nearly in the same spot. Um, yeah, I think it's just maybe, you know, kind of, that positional discipline maybe even to, you know, that's where DeBoer maybe does need to tell them like, hey, you know, like you maybe need to at least stay on, uh, you know, the left side or the right side, at least in the buildup and then in the, you know, final third, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Maybe some of that. That also comes at time though, because a lot of the really good teams have a fluid front three or, right. you know, you see that with a Liverpool or right. a Man United under mm -hmm. Sir Alex with, with Ronaldo and Tevez and Rooney right. or with Madrid with, you know, Benzema and Bale and Ronaldo and mm. you know it goes on and on where you have these fluid front threes but you can only get there after playing together so you know when you're going to interchange positions and you know when Parker will pop up on the right and PE will go to the middle or vice yeah. versa and they move around but that comes at time mm -hmm. I think that's a scenario where if they can get it figured out both of them are so good technically and on the ball they can really start pulling teams apart in terms of their movement and their position but that's something that takes time and learning everyone else's games before yeah. you get there so hopefully yeah. that's something they've been able to work on as well right because the tendencies and idiosyncrasies of each player that's where it's you learn that through the experience of playing with them but uh next question comes from terminus united 83 should joseph and williams both get to start 
Mm. Uh, you haven't really played too many two striker systems. Yeah. It's not a, it's not something that happens a lot anymore mm -hmm. um, because you have to lose a player somewhere else on the field, whether that right. be in midfield or in defense. Usually midfield. Usually for midfield. Us too. I, it's an interesting idea. I could see how it could work with, with the whole front two and a back three, but I don't know if Romario is the player that I'd pick to put up there yeah. in that system yet. Yeah. It may be something that we try at some point in time if you can't figure something out, but Romario's been playing well at Atlanta United too, so I think he should get a decent chance at some point in time, and he definitely is a capable replacement at times for Joseph, not long-term, but I think he's someone that can give you some minutes if you need to. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he showed good um, industry against Columbus Crew, but it was a different scenario for him. Yeah. It was probably a little bit more suited for his type of game. Um, and yeah, because he was able to pop up the ball a little bit. He was able to run a little bit more direct with the ball, which he's, uh, you know, capable of doing as well. And yeah, I mean, he's a kind of at least bigger than Joseph Martinez, more physical uh, type of guy in terms of that. But uh, so he can hold it up maybe uh, a little bit more. But uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I don't know if he starts over a uh, Tito or a PT in terms of this setup. But, but it could be an idea. Yeah. It could be an idea. <laughs> it's definitely not the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> right. Uh, last question comes from Austin Langston, 2007. How are you so good? Well, we appreciate that very kindly, Austin. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, we're, we're just a humble little channel that are just trying to make some waves, uh, you know, in the, uh, the content making space. So we appreciate the very kind words. Thank you. Uh, but guys, let's move on to the match preview, and it is this Saturday, April 13th, 7.30 p.m. at Gillette Stadium, or Foxborough, as it's commonly known as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, New England, you know, we generally play them all right. Uh, we play them very well at home, but away, it's been... Yeah, some some draws that have been very, very annoying. Last year's was really contentious. Oh, yeah. yeah. We should have scored about five. Yeah. and we, Didn't yeah. put the chances away. Let them and back. And that in. penalty at the very end of the game was frustrating. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, so it's been, you know, a... Uh, you know, two wins at home and two draws away. So, I mean, in terms of that, it's, uh, you know, is it going to be that type of game away again? Uh, I mean, I've argued that, you know, we've, we've been, okay, so we've been a worse team this year than the past two years, that's for sure. Uh, and so it will be even harder to maybe even get a draw on the road at a stadium that we haven't even been able to, you know, get a win at. Uh, when we were even playing really, really well. So, yeah. you know. This is something that you and I have been debating quite a bit, actually. Yeah. It, it, I'm from the perspective of, I don't think New England are necessarily too much to shout about. They've mm -hmm. played a couple more games than Atlanta United have. Mm -hmm. They're not very good going forward. They're okay at the back, but they foul a lot. And Atlanta United have yeah. players who can be decent from set pieces if you right. can get them in dangerous areas. So I think that's yeah. something that United could exploit. But in terms of the history there, I think this team, Atlanta United, even though they're not playing well, is a better team. And a sample size of two isn't enough for me to worry about them being yep. able to get a result there. This team is good enough in terms of the talent it has and should be good enough to go and beat a team that's not as good as them, yeah. even if it's away from home, even though they have not gotten a win there before. Right. I mean, of course, on paper, we should be a better team than New England. but And with two weeks to prepare. Yeah, with two weeks to prepare, but games are not won on paper. So that's where it really comes down to, yeah, we need to get our tactics right and also come out with 
energy, with industry, with the want and will to score and get three points in this game. But uh, how are we going to do that? We have to exploit New England style of play. Uh, I mean, on top of that, uh, Brad Friedel kind of has this team in a mess right now. He's not very good at the whole managing thing. <laughs> Yeah, the managing uh, man management part is uh, very questionable right now. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it was they had a players only meeting, I think. And then the, oh, that's good. Yeah, and then uh, that Brad Friedel also, you know, uh, he was just oh, yeah. kind of outing some of their players too uh, after that. The to bring up his name again for the third time I won't do it because he might appear in front of me and terrify me but definitely the Jose Mourinho school of man management where throw your players under the bus it yeah. always works out well yeah okay it doesn't but it doesn't. um it yeah do it doesn't work out well at all <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so you know uh New England they are definitely a team that plays the long ball it's uh they play a lot of crosses um, They're talented aerially, which is an issue yeah. for Atlanta United because yeah, if we do give up any set pieces in dangerous mm -hmm. areas, which has proven an issue in the past, right. they are good in the air. And yep. Atlanta United aren't historically the greatest team right. at defending you know, set pieces yeah. or aerial walls. Right. Uh, although we have been a little bit better this year, and maybe that's with the likes of having uh, yeah, Miles Robinson and LGP in the squad, uh, and hopefully Franco Escobar. Escobar. That will definitely be a lot more... Uh, you know, height and aerial ability inside the box, uh, or you know, just in the middle of the park too. But um, yeah, they uh, they're very aggressive and they like to play with that width. So they have a, a little bit of a setup that could annoy us in this match. But it could also be exploitable because yes. New England have also conceded the second most goals in the league in open play with seven mm -hmm. through six games. So right. they're conceding a goal a game through open play. And for right. Atlanta United, who has struggled to score from open play, mm -hmm. That's a well. good thing. That's a mm -hmm. that's a good thing. I think, for me, it's one of those things where my philosophy just kind of for how the game should be played differs from Frank DeBoer. But this just seems like a team where if we can come out and press them and frustrate them and mm -hmm. get a goal early on to really frustrate them, then they might just start kicking us. They've had player. They've had a lot of bookings so far. They've had 13 yellows and a red card, I believe, for this season. That's a lot of bookings in only six games. If you can get a man sent off, which in the past has been a occurring theme with New England and Atlanta United, mm -hmm. you can get at this team. And I think that that's something that's important because in terms of shots on goal a game, which are really the, the shots that matter, the ones that are on frame, we're not much better than they are. We average 3.3, they average three. So we yeah. haven't created a lot, but this could be a team that's not having harmony in the locker room, not playing well on the pitch, that if you can get a goal and really kind of kick the rot, you might finally be able to get a decent result on the road. So it yep. is there, but at the same time, if Atlanta doesn't come with that energy, mm -hmm. it could be another boring slugfest, nil-nil, one-nil yeah, Slugfest, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so our keys to this match definitely are what the uh, the system is. Uh, you know, is it going to be a back three or a back four? Uh, are we going to play possession or are we going to be aggressive and go after them and be a little bit more direct? Uh, take a few more risks? Uh, we don't know. I mean, uh, but uh, I think, you know, we just kind of outlined what we would do. Uh, we'd probably go for their throat and uh, because they just came off a loss 1-0 against Columbus. Join the club. Yeah, join the club. Uh, it wasn't so, pissing down rain for them though. Yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. They at least had better scenario for that. But, um, you know, and in terms of, uh, yeah, it's uh, a key is getting Joseph Martinez the ball 
for one, and then in dangerous areas. And that's been really the issue so far, is he hasn't really been able to pop up in the six a whole lot of times this season where he can do his magic and you know be as clinical as he has been in the past. And in terms of shots a game, he's actually, again, only averaging slightly less than he was before. But I think it's it's the quality of those chances right. and how he's getting A lot more shots them. from the outside. Yeah, and, and he's a player that I think is best used, even though he can play with his back to goal, he's best used facing goal, mm -hmm. getting on the end of crosses, on the end of through balls, and mm -hmm. putting it in the back of the net without having to think about it. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really had those chances, and those chances haven't been created for him this year, where he truly excels as a, right. as a ruthless goal scorer. So that's something that if Atlanta can get him the ball in dangerous areas, mm -hmm. that'll really, really help you. The other question is, if you go with a back four, mm -hmm. who do you play in your back four? Because right. and I think we'll Escobar get into that. fit, you know, yeah. who, who do you play if, if he's not fit? You know, mm -hmm. going back to the formation, I think that's something that's important because you've had two weeks to prepare. Mm -hmm. So you've had two weeks. What's the formation you're going to go with within with the two weeks to prep it, practice it? Mm -hmm. We have to be able to see positiveness. Right. We have to be able to see progression we have to be able to see a continual building on the chances we've been creating in the mm -hmm. in the past games where they've been growing every single game yep. you need to show that fluidity that you know what you're doing if that's not there i think atlanta United fans would even if you don't win you could accept it if you saw that progress yeah i think the important huh. thing is being able to see that you've made progress in two yeah. weeks some some might so uh, there's uh, definitely a very uh, divided crowd at the moment uh, with a DeBoer in, DeBoer out. Uh, and so, you know, I think this might be a sticking point for uh, some of the DeBoer out crowd for sure. But uh, before we get into any sort of uh, predictions on the lineup, let's get into uh, the players to watch for New England. And uh, I think on the attack side, Carlos Heel, uh, he's their attacking midfielder. He's got three goals and one assist in six appearances already. Uh, and yeah, he joined from Deportivo La Coruña in January. So yeah, he's their DP. He's uh, yeah, played in the Liga, like a, played in Spain. Yeah, so like a talented he, guy that uh, can really cause some trouble against us. So yeah, he's a guy that we really need to keep an eye on. Uh, and also, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brandon By, he's their defender that can win a lot of the balls aerially. So he has you know, a goal already this yeah. season. He he, it, he wins, I think, over six aerial duels a match, which wow. is a lot. He's he is really quality yeah. in a the unit. air. He's a unit. Yeah. So he's definitely going to be a guy on set pieces. If they have him in attacking areas to watch out for him in the yeah. air, he could be a player that could hurt Atlanta United. Right. But uh, onto the injury report for Atlanta United. So Franco Escobar is back in training after that adductor injury he suffered in the Col uh, the Columbus Crew match. And uh, yeah, that's, that's good, good news. Good news. That's good news. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the extent of what his involvement will be on Saturday is to be determined. We don't know. Uh, PT, of course, uh, he was getting married, but he just joined training on Tuesday, which is when we were filming this. Uh, and so that's also great news. Um, you know, he joined the first team, and so like full contact, that's fantastic. Uh, George Bello also uh, has rejoined training after that groin injury he suffered against Herediano. Um, and, you know, he could be a choice. Uh, he could be selected for the starting 11. Or, and he did score you know. in Atlanta's last match against mm -hmm. New England Revolution in that 2-1 win last season it with his true. first goal. So, yeah. Yeah, hey, it could be an idea. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And Kevin Kratz, uh, I think, I believe is still out with that calf injury, but hopefully uh, that's still a minor one and he will return soon. But the big one, the big one is Mikey Ambrose. Uh, he has re-aggravated his right meniscus 
And uh, so it's a, a diagnosis of three to five weeks. Uh, hopefully that counts the one week that we've had a bye week, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's not good news because he had kind of claimed the, uh, the left back, left wing back job, at least for the interim. But this seems to always happen to him. He kind of, uh, you know, plays well. He gets uh, the, the regular minutes and then he breaks down. And it was something in training on uh, last Friday's uh, session. And it's uh, very, very unfortunate. So we wish him a get well soon. He's a great guy as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's just like so, it's so unfortunate to happen to a guy that works so hard and is so passionate about playing for this team. And it just seems something about playing fullback for Atlanta United right now is just a cursed position. So. It really is. It's like the, the drummer of Spinal Tap right now is just, it's a rotating. I get that reference. Oh, hey. Uh, but uh, guys, let's get into our predicted 11 for this match. And uh, yeah, what do you think is gonna happen, man? I don't think Escobar's ready to fully play. And because of that, even though I think he could try to play him there and mm -hmm. with a team that's going to be defensive, even at home, I'd love to see Gressel tested as a right back in a back four. Mm -hmm. But my gut feeling is he goes to the back three. I think he's gonna go with the back three of Robinson in the middle, LGP on the left, and Michael Parker's on the right with his wing backs as Breck Shea and Julian Gressel. Midfield two of Darlington Nagby and Eric Rometty and a front three of PT, Joseph, and Barco, if PT is fit. If he's not fit, I think Tito yeah. will slot in there again and play as well. Uh, it's the 3-4-3 three, yeah. three again. Mm -hmm. I hate it, but I just don't think he trusts Julian Gressel fully enough to play as an out-and-out right back. Yeah, um, and that's very interesting that you're bringing in PT Martinez uh, right after, I mean, you know, where he... Uh, had suffered that injury. If he's hamstring. fit, if he is fit, I don't yeah. know if he if he's fully and, fit. And also, he hasn't trained with the team, so that's where I will probably leave him out until uh, you know he gets maybe just a, a substitute appearance and gets that under his uh, you know under his toe. But uh, yeah, so for me, I think it's a four three three because I think that's maybe what they've been trying to persist with after uh, they. I'm fine. Pretty with that. yeah, pretty publicly came out and said that four three three is the. Uh, best formation uh, right now for them, uh, at least Frank DeBoer said. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's Guzan between the sticks. Uh, I think we, I think he's going to take that chance with Escobar uh, because it's just what it is. We don't uh, have any other options. Uh, I, I want maybe Julian Gressel or John Gallagher to be those options. Maybe even Gordon Wilde if you have to. Uh, maybe as a, you know, a right wing back if that were. But um, it's just, I think... You know, he did it last match, and I think he's been able to train with the, the first team, so there's at least that continuity there. I think he starts at right back. Uh, Robinson as that right center back, LGP as that left center back, and Bello, I think, gets uh, the, the start here. He, again, has scored against New England. Um, yes, it was at home, but it's a still, you know... It's a confidence you, booster. Exactly. You know you've played well against them before, and if yeah. it's a team that might not test you as much defensively might be good to go ahead and get try to get him back out there to yeah. get some confidence because if George Bellow can play and if George Bellow can mm. develop, he's your left back. Yeah. But last time we saw him was not a good night for him. Yeah. And it's been small a while and size, he's had so. some injury issues. Yeah. So it's a small sample size, but he needs to get out there and get those minutes. So yeah. if this is the case, I'd I'd be all for that. That'd be a great sign. Yeah. I mean it's a it's an important match that, you know, Frank DeBoer probably needs to uh you know, aim to get all three points, of course, and having a guy who's a little bit more inexperienced probably is not maybe uh, the wisest, but, you know, I think uh, right now, 
I you mean, have to try to get a result. And yeah. if you feel that he can help you exactly. best get a result, then you have to trust him. Right. Indeed, indeed. And Julian Gressel, I think, uh, is part of that three-man uh, midfield. Uh, but Julian Gressel, for me, was at fault for both of the goals. Uh, not directly uh, and only at fault for uh, you know the goals against Columbus Crew. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely had some unfamiliarity with uh, playing that position again. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it was... The first time that they had really started off the match, uh, you know, in a 4-3-3. So, I mean, Julian Russell in that three-man midfield isn't, uh, you know, it's not the most reassuring right now. But I think uh, it's hard still from the attack sense to take him out of the lineup. Um, and I think Rometty sits at that base and Nagby is the other midfielder. Uh, so, yeah, you get... Uh, a couple of guys who are the central midfielders that can go up and down and really create something for you, connect uh, that defense and attack, and hopefully it does bode well for the guys that are in the attack with a Tito and Barco and Joseph up top, and hopefully, uh, you know, we are more direct with a Tito in tow, uh, really going after their back line. Um, if they do sit, okay, um, you know, that's okay. We have, you know, a Barco to hopefully break them down, although, yes, I know. He hasn't necessarily been able to do that in the past, but I think when you have at least, uh, you know, Barco and Nagby and Gressel uh, all be able to maybe provide some service and Tito as well to Jose Martinez. I think, uh, you know, that that still bodes a lot better than maybe the alternative. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely <laughs> love to see a 4-3-3. I mean, personally, if he plays a 4-3-3 and Escobar is not fit, I think in this game with a team that isn't going to offer as much going forward, I think you can afford to play Gressel as a right back yeah. almost because he can push down. He can give you that sure. overlap. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you bring in a Jeff Lorinowitz to put in the midfield three with Rometty and Nagby because you know he's going to be able to sit, yeah. drop deep, kind of make that back three, uh -huh. which retains some from what you know Tata yeah. Martino did. So it's familiar yeah. with his role to kind of help you establish that. And then uh -huh. you have the athleticism of of Robinson and LGP to kind of, if anyone does get in that space, sure. or a Rometty who also works really hard, uh -huh. you might be able to get that balance as well and be even more aggressive with Gressel playing it right back. Uh -huh. But yeah, you know, like we've touched on, I don't think that's something that he's comfortable with doing. And if Escobar is fit to play and you can get him through it, then, then mm -hmm. do it. But you really can't risk him getting injured because if he goes down long term, that, that's a big risk. It is. It really is. Uh, so, you know, it really could even be where it, you know, because this 4-3-3 can meld into a 3-5-2 very, very easily with Escobar sliding into the right center back role, Gressel as the right wing back, uh, Bello as the left wing back, and uh, Tito and Joseph up top. Yeah, it still allows for that flexibility if uh, there is some sort of disconnect and if they're exploiting a side or whatnot, we can uh, become a little bit more defensive. But I think uh, Jeff Lerowitz and Rometty, this is maybe too defensive in a match that they uh, probably won't have that much influence because their attack is probably going to be a lot more counters and set pieces. So I don't really see a Lerowitz maybe playing a part. The one thing that Larry is good at though is he is really good at recycling possession for you. For sure. So mm -hmm. if you are if you are for a team like DeBoer who uh -huh. does enjoy holding possession in the opponent's third, sure. being able to move it from side to side quickly is good. And if he's mm -hmm. able to step up a little bit farther into the team's opposite half, mm -hmm. then you have an outlet to be able to drop the ball back without having to go back to your center backs or all the way to your goalkeeper yeah. to then recycle it to the other side and move it from side to side. And that's yeah. something he is good at. Uh -huh. And it kind of gives you that balance 
balance of that defensive hard work if they do get the ball, but yeah. also someone who is experienced enough to know how to set a tempo and control a game passing-wise sure. mm -hmm. whilst maintaining their positional discipline. Oh. So I still think he has a role to play. I yeah. think the thing is I don't is know that if he starts for me, but yeah, I think later on if we're you know trying to see out the game. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So mm -hmm. it, it's he's a player that I still think has use to this team, but mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think they need to be aggressive both mm -hmm. in their tactics and in their team selection right. because you, you can really put down a marker if you can go out and get a win in yeah. this match mm -hmm. you can then have two matches at home against teams that dallas is good mm -hmm. but at home you should expect to beat any opponent that comes into that building mm -hmm. if you can beat dallas then you have a colorado side coming to town mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to take you know nine points from three matches and sure. that gets you right back into the season it can really kickstart you and get you going uh -huh. and get everything flipped around in terms of the mood how the fans feel mm -hmm. how the locker room feels so this is a really key game and it i really think is. that and so the yeah. team's important so mm -hmm. getting into predictions yep how, how are you feeling yeah i mean uh i think with all that being said uh and especially my bit at the earlier part of the match preview i mean with our form and us not being able to win at Gillette Stadium, I still think it's a 1-1 draw. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're still a little bit uh, error prone, a little bit on, uh, you know, just a mistake here and there. And, you know, it's, it undoes us a little bit. So I think, unfortunately, I think it's a scenario where New England do score first. We are able to, uh, you know, get that uh, that goal back, and unfortunately, it sees out as a one-one draw. What about you? Well, it's not good reading when you look at the form table for Atlanta United on the road in Major League Soccer um, yep. to take a little shot at Devon and kind of yourself. Very Arsenal of them not being able to pick up any results, having lost five of their last six games on the road. But I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit positive. They've had two weeks. Most of the team is there, is training, or is at least some form of fit. I have to believe that with two weeks of preparation, this team is good enough to go to pretty much anywhere in MLS and put in a decent shift. So I'm gonna go for a 2-1 Atlanta United win. I think we will give up a goal, but I think we're good enough with our players going forward that with two weeks to really focus on this philosophy, whatever you wanna mm. call it. They should be able to deliver something, and I expect them to be able to go back and get three points and to help us get a win on the board and really get things going to hopefully kickstart the Frank DeBoer era. Okay, but uh, so that does it for the match preview. That gives us to our question of the day. What do we got? So for the people who are very much anti-Frank DeBoer, and we hear you, there's a lot of them and many people, you have valid reasons. I totally understand your frustrations. But does a win on Saturday alleviate some of the stress and some of the angst you have towards Frank DeBoer, or is it too little too late already? Get down in the comments below and let us know what you guys have to think. Right, and that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already, share this episode, and leave us a review and rating so we pop up higher in your rankings. And for Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much.